comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Uh, hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. Hello, we are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is not here, but have with me right now, living in the same corner as I am during this Comic-Con experience, the West Coast Yankee himself, Mr. DVD. Howdy. Alan Aguilera. Uh, I was preemptive, I'm sorry. It's good, it's it's early. I jumped the gun. It's okay. I'm a southerner now, so I just want to get There's no guns walking at Comic-Con. Oh, no, no, no. Unless they're checked in with weapon services first. I'm sorry, it's called weapon services, I hope Um, it is. It should just be called the armory. The armory. (laughs) The nerd armory. Yeah. It's next to Nerd HQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, yeah. You can go inside and buy all those knives that you want. There you go. It's weird. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just give them to you, too. Hand, yeah. Handguns you have to wait, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. But knives. I mean, right? you can make them if you try hard enough with all the things you have here. I want to, I'm surprised I haven't seen many lightsabers. But I guess oh, they can't figure, can't figure out how to get the beam to stop here. Right. Yeah. Well, you never know. I'm sure there's a way. One of those great visual jokes for the podcast, yeah. by the way. So, yeah. Alan and I are here. <laughs> We're up early. It's Friday morning, which means that we've been at Comic-Con since Wednesday, and we have things to say about it. So we're going to recap some of that here, and either I'll stitch all of this together when we finish all the days off, or just post these separately. That'd take weight. That's too much work. I'm doing already too much work anyway, and we're tired. So let's just do this. We're going to talk about the first couple days of Comic-Con, including preview night, which was Wednesday, and yesterday, which was Thursday. So let's go straight into preview night first. Um, So yeah, we arrived in San Diego. Lovely story. Mm-hmm. Uh, separately. We, yeah, but separately. Uh, we eventually made... We embraced. Al- I mean, Alan, you came across the coast. I did. I drew, Not I, really. You came across the country to be yeah. here. I mean, it was coast to coast. Coast to coast. Yeah. Like Space Coast, who I saw, I think, three times last day. Yeah, no, it's been a while since I've been back in California. It's been a while? Yeah, 29 days. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now we're here. We went to Comic-Con for preview night, which is basically for people that aren't... Un- aren't aware preview night it's like a we're like it's like a limited night it's like um it's like a soft open for like a store one would say where they have a, a limited number of people come in walk, walk the showroom floor there's very there's no panel just like maybe like some video no, presentation even, stuff. Um, yeah that's like panels it. are not yeah. there but it's mainly just to walk the showroom floor and buy stuff early and whatnot so alan and i we managed to get in there uh, i guess we'll go into that story first though because if I edited this right, you likely heard a special introduction from a certain somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got into the exhibit hall early, and since we were in there, and the only thing that was happening was a bunch of forklifts and random security guards walking around, yep. that of course made perfect room for a certain filmmaker, whose name was Guillermo del Toro, who happened to be walking through Artist Alley and saying, what's up, using many curse words as he does, yes. in order to express his joy for being in Artist Alley. Expletive this, yeah. expletive that, that's a beautiful expletive, it's just, it's great. Yeah. I have, of course, been taking my Rocket Raccoon action figure around with me and taking pictures with it all over the place, much like... Wait, it's an action figure? Character. I thought it was a taxidermied raccoon. It's actually a doll. Oh, okay. I just want to say action figures sound cooler. And um, so as I've been taking pictures with Rocket Raccoon, of course, once we see Guillermo del Toro, I'm thinking, got to get a picture of Guillermo del Toro with Rocket Raccoon. That's how things work. Yeah, he was happy to oblige. Yeah. He immediately took this and told us all to hold the raccoon, so we got that picture. That was fun enough. Then, as we're you know kind of still chilling, Guillermo del Toro, of course... It's just still walking around Ars Alley, and we're thinking, what are we, like, we should be asking him something. I immediately thought, 
hey, I should have him record yeah. an intro to the show. That'd be wacky. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was weird because they're like, oh, let's get a picture with him real quick. Sweet, sweet, sweet. And he was still lingering around for like 20 minutes. Classic, classic gear. So. The linger, as they call him. Yeah. That's his. That's or, his or the expletive linger. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we, eventually I was managed to work up the nerve after much pressuring to go to tell Guillermo del Toro. I think there was some shoving involved. Some shoving involved as well. Yes. And uh, so yeah, we have now we have a special intro that I will use regularly on this podcast, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Um, for as far as preview night went, I think it doesn't amount to much more than I spent a ton of money that I didn't need to. Alan, what did you do on preview night? I tried to get. Um, I never did the whole exclusive purchases thing here because I just didn't. I never cared enough. I was like, oh, that no, it's a cool thing. Like, oh, that's a cool random thing from pop culture that someone will spend way too much money on but my buddy wanted the um, Magic the Gathering set really badly mm-hmm. so since we, had, since we were early I was like you know what let me try to get it for him and it was probably one of the worst experiences I've ever had here at Comic Con because people are insane um, what essentially it is is like it was Hasbro and they were selling these very limited Magic the Gathering core sets for 2015 so they told they didn't start lining up until 6 but there was already a crowd of people all around that booth. So when they're like, okay, if you want to get lined up, there's only X amount of tickets, go line up against the back wall in the convention. So in mass, at least maybe 1,500 people stormed the back. I was about 31 in line. Mm-hmm. With just out of pure, hey, I remember you. Yeah, come on in. I'm like, oh, sweet. Um, and it was just it was it was a cluster. They needed us to push back in a single file line because the fire marshal needed that to happen, and we couldn't move. So they almost shut it down. Um, they let a few. They let thirty people in. I know it was thirty people because I got this. They only gave out thirty tickets, so that was first in line for oh the boy. next thing. So then what happened was they're like, okay, we're gonna give you tickets in a minute once that line goes down. But what happened is that they were giving out tickets by the booth instead of the people in line. So it just turned into a big kerfuffle, and I got I ended up getting a ticket, but. I couldn't get in because everything was sold out. Oh, boy. That's and nice. I, I just avoid every. I just don't particularly like trying to buy things. I don't like a lot of people. I don't know why I come here. But <laughs> uh, too many people get me really anxious, and I was just really irritated at that point. So I just roamed the convention hall for a little bit and then just kind of walked around the city. It's like Randall and Clerks. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in a similar situation because I was at the Funko booth, which is another kind of toy exclusive at Comic-Con. And um, I certainly waited in a line, had to wait for a lot of people to leave before I was able to do my thing, um, but managed to get some cool exclusive stuff for a lot of friends. They're all taking requests, apparently. Um, but yeah, that, basically that was kind of more of a spending night. But it was cool to walk the floor. Did you get to walk the floor on preview night? Um, yeah, there was some cool stuff. Uh, they have a big schmag for Hobbit. Schmag. Um But they had a little drape over it. I'm like, that's bullshit. Um, yeah, they really wanted to hide that that was Smog. Yeah, was, like you didn't know who it was. Yeah, you didn't know who it was. Yeah, it, was pretty, it could have been another dragon. Yeah. Like yeah. Smog, Smog's brother. Drog. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was some cool stuff. Um, I know that the Legendary booth had this cool drifting thing. Yeah, they have. So, like, big at Comic Con this year is um, Oculus Rift, which, of course, is a fancier and sexier way of saying VR. Um, but yeah, you put on a big headset and you're basically in a 360 world experience. And so they're using that a lot with different band, with different uh, studio booths at Comic-Con. One is, of course, Pacific Rim, which they come up with the genius title of drifting. You can drift the rift um, by 
It is because you're a Jaeger so pilot. Good. You're a Jaeger pilot, so, so you're good. wearing a helmet. And you're like acting like you're a Jaeger. They have that for that. They have that. They have Oculus for uh, X Men: Days of Future Past, where you can do the cerebro experience. I believe Twenty Four has a drone related one, and um, um, Sleepy Hollow has one coming on Saturday as well. Oh, sweet! Yeah, which I will not be able to see, so I will not be able to provide that coverage for the Ikapod Crane cast. But oh well. Um, anyway, so that's preview night. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of cool, you know, the showroom floor is always fun. I, I took me three hours just to get, like, three-quarters of the way through it. There's so much stuff to see down there. Lots of free swag and all the panels and the, like, it's the Batman 75th anniversary, so the DC yeah. has, like, all kinds of Batman stuff, all the suits, including the one with the nipples, which is awesome to take close pictures of. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun to see everything on the showroom floor, of course, and I'll be trying to make my way back to it when I get a chance. I think for the first time in like eight years, the DC booth actually beat out the Marvel booth with cool I'd, stuff. Yeah, I'd agree because it's the last thing I really want to see is Coulson's car from Agents of Shield. While meanwhile, you got cool like exclusive Batman stuff, and including Ben Affleck suit was there from the new yeah. one from from Batman v Superman: colon, Dawn of Justice. So. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was really cool. Um, they had like <laughs> deteriorating masks for the first movie, which I thought was cool. Yeah, to kind of show you. Um, they had like cool stuff around. The Xbox One setup was pretty cool. It's just kind of in the back corner. Um, they had a Smash Brothers setup for the new Smash Brothers game on Nintendo 3DS, which I was happy to play. Well, one of the most interesting things for me was finding out that Artist Alley is getting shorter and shorter and smaller yeah. and smarter. Oh, smaller and smaller. Excuse me. But uh, Deviant Art is sponsoring it this year to make yeah. sure it doesn't get any smaller. So I thought that was really cool, and they're giving a they're giving. The artist, the, the artist there, had a chance to go show their work, make some money. So I thought that was really cool. So that's a good little plug for Deviant Art. Yeah, it is, but it is a bit of a shame that Artist Alley is so yeah. small this year. I didn't really notice it. It took you know having no one in the room with us so we could really see the size of certain things to notice that Divi, that uh, Artist Alley is quite a bit smaller than I'm regularly used to. I remember, I guess last year is when it kind of uh, yeah double or kind of halved itself in size. But um, this this year, I really kind of noticed it's like wow, yeah, there is for. A, for Comic Con, this is like an important aspect of it. It's well, when I first came to Comic Con in like 2007, uh, Artist Alley looked like Valhalla. It was uh-huh. just big and spacious and grand. Idris Elba was there welcoming you, mm-hmm. which is weird because right. like, oh, I don't, I don't. And this is before I started watching The Wire. So I was like, I don't know. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but now it just turns into like a little like snack hall at a local daycare. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting weird. But you know, we'll see. Comic-Con ain't about the comics. Well, once so. they expand the convention center, we'll see what they can do. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about things. I, yeah. I don't know. We'll anyway, see. let's move on. Let's get to Thursday. This is, of course, the first official day of Comic-Con where they had plenty of panels and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I'll just, just kind of go one by one, I guess. I'll break down some of the things I managed to see. Um, I got to go into the 24 panel. This was in Ballroom 20, which I think is the second biggest mm-hmm. hall in Comic-Con. How, does, how, does, how many does that hold? Like 30 or 3,000, maybe? Yeah, about that. It's like half the size. Yeah, because Hall H, the biggest hall, which everyone knows about, is the is like sixty six hundred people. Something like that. Yeah, not um, enough. Not enough. But even Ballroom Twenty is not enough, and they have some of the they have arguably somewhat more popular things in there occasionally. Um, but regardless, yeah, I was in the, the twenty four panel, which was cool. I got to sit very up close and see Kiefer Sutherland talk about being Jack Bauer, and um, there were surprisingly no new announcements made. Um, we were. For fans of 24, the Jack and Chloe adventure cast, which I host with friends of the show, Brandon and Maxwell, 
Um, we were speculating about what the possibilities of a 24-panel Opomicon could be. And while we are hoping to hear either a news of a Blu-ray release for the entire series or an additional season being announced, none of that happened. It was more just a one-on-one interview with Jack, with, with Jack Bauer. That's how I know him. With, uh, with Kiefer Sutherland uh, about the character, um, John Kazar, who's the showrunner for 24 and director of a lot of the episodes, he was there moderate. He was basically doing a one-on-one Q&A. And, like, it was fun to hear. It was, I mean, it, it, people were very excited to see Jack Bauer on stage, and he was... Uh, Happy to field questions and uh, anybody asking flatliner questions. No, there is no non twenty four related oh, questions. Okay. The closest we got was um, do, uh, what like um, do you think you can kick your dad's ass? Especially, oh. and he actually talked about he and Donald Sutherland of just start like just film some movie with John Kazar directing. Apparently, so we'll see what that's all about. Um, he did have, like there was a question addressing kind of the the use of torture on the show, not necessarily in, that, in those terms, but in terms of kind of the political intrigue about Twenty Four and how it kind of relates to a lot of things that happened in recent history, such like drones and chemical warfare and obviously terrorist attacks, things like that. And he gave a really good answer that amounted to it's just a show, but he said things very eloquently in a way that it, obviously he's probably handled this kind of question for people that aren't you know geeks, but actual like people that matter. Uh, but it was neat. It was a neat kind of way to play down the yeah torture torture happens in 24 but it's a show yeah yeah that was my first panel of the day what'd you what was your first panel of the day i got up really early and i went to the mattel panel in the morning um not necessarily because it's mattel but because it was a wwe mattel and i'm a huge wrestling fan and they had hulk hogan and daniel bryan and paul Heyman, and um they were there kind of talking but the main reason that you would want to go to that is that they give out um tickets for autograph signing so I went, I did my thing, Sting showed up, which is like a big deal. I don't know how many wrestling fans you have on your podcast. Probably zero. Hey, hey Sting showed up. Sting showed up. Yeah. yeah. Without the police. Stinger. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so he showed up, which is weird. He carried his base, hit Hogan over the head with it. And then um, I got tickets, so I got to meet Hulk Hogan right after that. Very cool, brother. Yeah, brother. You know, uh, really, yeah, it was weird. Cool. He's old. He's a bit old. Yeah, he's been old for a while. Let's see. Um, after 24, I, mean, I walked over to, um, to the Indigo Ballroom, which is down at the Hilton Bayfront. Which is down very nice bathroom, by the way. Very nice bathroom. Very nice. This should have its own Yelp. There, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's at the kind of the south end, uh, the Hall H end of Comic-Con on the other side of the street. They have a lot of panels there as well. Um, I went there because Sony was having their panel there. Usually Sony has panels in Hall H, much like all the other studios. But I, I get, what I assume is that they're still recouping the budget from the Spider-Man Comic-Con spending that they did last year and so they only had a couple movies to show off um mm. but before i even went to that though i was early so i got to see first i got to see the last half of the hot in cleveland panel like or like the tv land panel because like shatner was there and betty white and donald Faison, a group that i immediately want to see a road trip with oh, um mean. but it was like it was like yeah all right betty white's talking and people think she's adorable that's great for her um, so that ended. Then I and I, thought, I realized that was an hour early, so I saw a whole another panel before I saw the Sony panel. So I saw a panel for a new USA show called Dig, uh, which is a, Dig Deeper. That's the hashtag Dig oh, Deeper. Yes. But the show is called Dig, and it stars Jason Isaacs, uh, Lucian Spalfoy, and Anne Heche. Um And it's shot seven days, seven nights. Anne Heche. Six, six days, seven six nights. Days, seven you days. get it right so when, when representing one of Ivan Reitman's classics, um, <laughs> Volcano. Volcano is another Anne Heche. Yeah. Um, but this show, I guess it's a USA show shot on location in Jerusalem, which intrigued me. Um, apparently not so much recently because of the things going yeah, on with the Gaza so. thing. Yeah, they're, yeah. Kind of, they've moved on to other locations. But 
Uh, I guess it's about Jason I Jason Isaacs is like a he's a, he's playing American for some reason. He's playing American as like a cop and Israel's Israeli soil and investigating a case that involves I guess stuff buried deep within Israel. So they gotta, gotta well, what find the hell's out. an American cop doing? Oh, whatever. Hey, you know. Go with it like it's Jason, Jason Isaacs. Isaacs. It's I like Tavington. Jason Isaacs. That's who it is. Colonel Tavington from The Patriot. Mm -hmm. It's neat. I like him on that. He was on that show Awake that got canceled. Yeah, he was. But he was a good guy, and you rarely see that. But he was a good, good guy. I was really excited about that. I really enjoyed him. Um, anyway. He's a good guy in Harry Potter. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He's yeah. like the best guy. Yeah. yeah. Harry Potter like he's just. I mean, he did rape Dobby. Yeah, there's <laughs> the reason he has those ears pulled back. Oh my god! <laughs> um, all the things we avoided saying earlier, but now we're just straight into the rave jokes. Um, but yeah, so that was a dig. After that, I did see the Sony panel. Uh, they presented two movies. The first one they had was Pixels, which is an upcoming adaptation of this kind of YouTube short film that came out. And that now is a big budget action adventure feature starring uh, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Peter Dinklage, Josh Gad, and Michelle Monaghan, among others. So yeah, it's an Adam Sandler movie directed by Chris Columbus of Harry Potter fame um, <laughs> and Home Alone fame and whatnot. And uh, always bring those people together. All of the things that I'm saying right now lasted longer than the Pixels panel because they had nothing to show. Really? Yeah, they're still filming the panel. Chris Columbus wasn't there. He just sent in a video saying, "Hey guys, it's us. We're filming Pixels. Uh, we have nothing to show you, but here's a, clue, a little video." So they had Josh. G the premise of the movie is that like classic arcade characters like invade Earth like in giant form and whatnot, which is like it's a fun little uh, YouTube like short film, which is like right. five minutes. And I can see how that would be. It, it's like Wreck-It Ralph except turned into an alien invasion movie. That's kind of what it is. Like, look at all these classic arcade people. Now they're invading Earth. Yay. Um, I mean, Peter Dinklage is in it, right? Dinklage is in it, and he plays like, a, if it, for those familiar with the documentary King of Kong, he plays a Billy Mitchell-like character. That's amazing. Which is kind of hilarious. That's pretty cool. This is like the most excited I've been for an Adam Sandler movie in a long time. <laughs> but they had like a video of Josh Gad running around pretending to be chased by a centipede from Centipede, um, which was whatever. After that, the Pixels thing, they had a Goosebumps panel. With uh, this is an adaptation of the Goosebumps books. Um, it stars Jack Black as R.L. Stein, and I went from having no anticipation of this movie to having a lot. Like it looks like a lot of fun. Like it gave me a big vibe of like um, like the Goonies or Monster Squad, and um, it's like um, Jack Black is R.L. Stein. There's some kids around, and they like unlock. They open like his books, and they unleash the monsters from all the different Goosebumps books. And so they have to kind of manage to collect them all back in again. And, you know, solve, save the day and whatnot. But it looked like legit fun. I was surprised very much how much I was enjoying the uh, the goose the goosebumps footage that I got to see. And along with there's so much talk about goosebumps. Along with that, Jack Black is just a fun person on the panel to see. Like he was having a lot of fun. Did you get goosebumps during the panel? Oh yeah, all over my legs only, only, only my upper thighs. Um, but uh, there's there's one moment that was pretty cool. There's this little kid from like from like Italy, from Sicily, Italy, and he was talking to he was talking. He was asking Jack Black, he's like, you met me when I was really young, and I, you did kung fu moves for me, can you still do kung fu? That's my little kid from Italy voice. Mm. Uh, hey, I met hey, you. It's yeah, a me, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Jack Black. Yeah. Jack Black said, if you can speak Italian to me, I'll do kung fu moves. So the little kid spoke Italian, and Jack Black did some like somersaults and kicks on stage, which was pretty fun. Um, and then he pulled out this ventriloquist dummy, Slappy, from the Night of the Living Dummy, a famous oh, one yeah, of the yeah. Goosebumps books. I read, did you read Goosebumps when you were a kid? Yeah, I still yeah. read Goosebumps. You still read Goosebumps <laughs> when they come out, I Get them. I need a bedtime story. Get those hardcovers while they're hot. Mugatu. Uh, Mugatu? Um, um, they, put, he put, they talked about... He talked about how, like, how he had to, Jack Black had to train to be like a ventriloquist 
to like get the slappy stuff down. So he pulled out like the dummy onto stage, and he was pretending to do the ventriloquist stuff. And then the dummy slappy took on a life of its own, and he was <laughs> so he, and he was saying things while Jack Black was saying, it's "Like what? How's that happening?" And so then he's like, oh, "I'm all evil," and like he brought out a bunch of monsters off stage. Like twenty monsters showed up, like somewhere like really tall, like a forest creature and vampires and zombies and whatnot. And they all dragged Jack Black off the stage. Cosplay. Cosplay. Just <laughs> random people. They all they're just in on the joke. Just give me a sweaty uh, reseller. And yeah. that's the one but it was a, it was a fun little panel for what it was. Uh, Alan, what's the next panel you saw? Where'd you go? Or oh, you after that, it? I went to Hooters. You went um, Hooters? <laughs> what yeah. was that panel like? Where the, what did they have new? Any, any, any flavors? We were served by Jasmine, <laughs> and they had dollar martinis, okay. so that was fun. Oh. Um, I only had two, <laughs> and then we went back to the con. We were trying to get into that. Batman, um, say Legend of the Dark Knight, 75th anniversary thing, with Frank Miller and Jim Lee. Couldn't make it. Um, like, one of my friends that's like, yeah, there's no line. No, it's because they let you in by skipping the line on accident. There you go. So, he got in, saved us two seats, but I was back in line. Like, there was a deep line for it. So, I couldn't go. We left, and then apparently it all cleared out, because Blizzard was right before, and nobody wanted to stay and watch Batman. <laughs> so, but once we did that, we just kind of roamed around. We saw um, stuff on the floor. It wasn't, you know, I took pictures. Um, we ended up uh, just kind of walking into the Paramount Pictures panel, <coughs> which was nice. I wasn't expecting it. So we walked in, and then they showed up. The first thing they showed was footage of the new SpongeBob movie. Ooh. And it's actually going to be live action pieces of it. Like, SpongeBob is CG in live action. It's just weird. Like, is he in Moderns? Is, like, is he, is it the Midnight Cowboy of SpongeBob movies? Is he just walking kind around of, New York? Kind of. No, it's him and Squidworth and. That's the exact reason. For some reason, the first, you say SpongeBob live action movie, and I thought of SpongeBob, <clears throat> like, wearing a cowboy hat and walking the streets of New York. Pretty close. For some reason, that's Pretty the close. first image that came to mind. Pretty close. <laughs> okay. No, um, yeah, apparently they lost the recipe for. The burgers, and then they're like, yeah, "Oh, the Krabby Patties." Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. I've never seen. Ghost I'm a SpongeBob fan. So I've never seen it. Okay, um, the first movie is pretty fun. Like it's, I, it's, yeah, it has I, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I, there's a lot of things in those movies, I'm sure, but I just never watched them. I'm, as um, a person that doesn't get high, I can appreciate. I know a lot of people are like really go to old skit high high. I would SpongeBob say that you're pretty, you're pretty high on yourself, Aaron. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they showed that, which people like clapped and like were over, like they they liked it. I was like, good for them, and then. Uh, they did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles panel. And I was like, yes, they did. You know how hard it is to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like, really fast? Team MT. So <laughs> they did the Team MT panel, and uh, Kevin Eastman came out, the two producers came out, oh, Joe right. Libsman. Jonathan and, Liebsman, the yeah, director. Battle, Battle LA director, our first episode, Abe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, Megan Fox and Warren Ed all came out, and they showed like two decent scenes from it. And I've already been excited, because I love I agree. Team MT. I'm right there with you. Like, let's watch this movie. It looks like, I'm, I'm a fan of Turtles. I grew up with Tur- I had Turtles coloring books. and But even, like, just watching the trailers for this movie, it's like, I get that, like, yes, it may not be for us necessarily in terms of, like, how they're doing it now compared to how they did it then. But at the same time, it just looks, like, silly fun. And it looks like what kids want to see in a Turtles movie. Why not everybody's like, oh, well, why the aliens... Dude, they're aliens. That's that's hard for you to buy. Not that it's big, huge, eight foot turtles doing ninja <laughs> like karate. Yeah, but the origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh no, no they're aliens. They, they need to get in touch with the inner character. No if they're way. not from Earth. How are they going to learn the? It's voice by Johnny Knoxville. What else do you want? <laughs> um, so that was cool. And then after that, they um, did the Project Almanac panel. Oh, yeah, the time travel. Yeah, I don't know. I fell asleep. I, I legit fell asleep. I think that, that's produced by Michael Bay. I believe I it's a time travel. It's a found footage take on a time travel movie. Um, Maybe that's no. That's a, it's. It looked like a mix of Chronicle and Butterfly Effect. Like that's, oh. that's the impression that I got. Yeah, no, from, I from, the, from the trailer, I didn't. I didn't get to go to the Paramount panel, but that's the, from the trailers I saw. I, I was supposed to come out like in March, then they moved to like all the way next year. So 
Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah. yeah, no, I fell asleep. And then I woke up when I heard people go, oh! And then The Rock came out through the audience. As he does. Yeah, and then he's like, hey, you guys, what are you guys? And he's like, yeah, we're going to be showing Hercules tonight. You're all invited. I'm like, okay. And then he left. And then... (laughs) So it was much like Scott Pilgrim when Edgar Wright came out and said, anyone that has the right button, follow me to the Scott Pilgrim for me, except nobody followed The Rock out. He just, like, walked by himself. Well, nobody followed him out, yeah, because he didn't tell them where the movie was. He's like, I'm going to tweet it. Well, he didn't tell them what he was cooking. We all figured it out. He didn't tell them what he was cooking either, though, so... No, he just figured it out. It's a strudel. Um, (laughs) And then... And then Clark Duke came out with Two Fine Honeys and premiered the Red Band uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2 trailer. Two, two Fine Honeys? What is, the, what is that? That's Two Fine they're, Honeys? They're not as good as Fly Honeys. Yep. But they're Fine Honeys. Okay. So, you Thank know. you. I'm essentially, they're like, they're, you're, you're, he's paying for them to look like seven and a half. Hey, Clark Duke doesn't have to pay for it. He doesn't. He gets Michael Sarah to pay for it. He doesn't have to pay for sixes, <laughs> but he has to pay for sevens. Okay. Um, so he premiered the Hot Tub Time, hot tub time Machine 2. It's foreign, I believe. It's a foreign sequel. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sans John Cusack, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I mean, I watched the trailer later on when it was like posted, and yeah, like John Cusack, they were the, the lead of the first film. He seemed to check out. I know Adam Scott was in there, but he didn't even like pop on the trailer to like half, like more than halfway through it. And yeah. it's like I thought Adam Scott was like the replacement for Cusack, uh, the obvious replacement for John Cusack. Oh, Adam no, Scott, not even who I like. I like Adam Scott a lot. But, uh, like, do you think that the studio tried to get them, but they couldn't say anything to get him involved in the film? I, I think the commotion from the first film had such a high fidelity yeah. that they just he just, he didn't want to do, he thought he was better off dead not doing the movie that's what like I like you made a good point yeah and it was pretty blunt almost like a you know gross point blank um, he was they were pushing tin trying to get him there but let's just say <laughs> do you think if, uh, you know it would have been good during the winter time because it would have been like a nice ice harvest they're going to feel like a bunch of tape heads when they don't make all that Cusack uh, money that's terrible that's, for sure. uh, that's, pretty, that's a bad one that's like, uh, it might have it might have been serendipitous do you think that, that Adam could, Scott was able to come in do you think that they like they couldn't get a John Cusack a hotel room for for, uh, for 1408 while he was down here I mean he needs that number Let's just say that America's Sweetheart's not going to make it to this movie and move on. So. Do you think his signing bonus is 2012? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Everyone's still listening. What I happened after so. the Hot Tub Time Machine 2 trail? Um, then Interstellar. Um, Interstellar. Surprisingly. I didn't think that they were going to do anything. Um, so they showed like a nice new trailer. Well, what, what, what ha- who came out for Interstellar? Well, f- uh, they showed a trailer. Oh, they, show, okay. then, uh, Matthew they showed McConaughey. like a teaser, right? Like, kind of, yeah. yeah. They showed Matthew McConaughey came out. We're like, who? Ah! Oh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, it was like, mm-hmm. Uh, he that's out. what he was just doing <laughs> that. Mm. And that's all. And, oh, if he, oh, I wish he got the. And you know, if he got the entire oh, hallway to do that. <laughs> I would have done it. Oh wow, that would be rad. Um, Oscar winner Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, they did. They, and then uh, Christopher Nolan came out, which was surprising. Yeah, because he never came out for anything. And yeah, he came out for Interstellar. So that tells me that Paramount's like, no, you got to sell this. Yeah, <laughs> like no, you made Warner Brothers money. You haven't made us money. You got to intersell this. Yeah, intersell the crap out of it. Mm. And then um, they kind of came out, they chit-chatted, and then we went to see Hercules. <laughs> they, saw, they showed a new trailer, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I was, I'm, I'm already sold for it. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, I think that comes, comes online a couple weeks from now or something like that. They mm-hmm. yeah. um, so then Cade and I went to go get in line for Hercules, and we saw Hercules. Cade's your boy companion. Yes, I'm sorry. Cade is my boy companion. Your, boy, your, boy, your boy wonder? Yeah. That'd so. be a great segue into the other thing I saw, except I have to go to the other panel I saw first. I saw the Key and Peel panel. Comedy mm. Central presents the Key and Peel panel, mm. um, which was moderated by Thomas Lennon. 
people that know comedy know who Thomas Lennon is. And um, it was a it was a fun panel. Like I like I'm a big Keen Peel fan. Um, and you know they were on there. They talked about the show. They had two clips from their upcoming fourth season. Uh, one was really funny and just perfect for Comic Con, where basically um, uh, Key. This is a ske- this is a comedy sketch show on Comedy Central for the people that aren't aware of Key and Peel. Uh, but Key was playing a. a um, kind of a, a comic book like head art designer guy and he had like a room full of people and they're discussing like new comic book plans and then Jordan Peele comes out dressed as Stan Lee of course these are two black guys he's Stan Lee and he has like this makeup on that makes it look like a really good Stan Lee but it was like kind of creepy but also hilarious and he's like was it like white chicks? less like white chicks because uh, white chicks are like those will give kids nightmares more than some Goosebumps books but um, yeah white chicks do give me nightmares yeah still mm-hmm. um but no, he was Stanley, and he had all these like char- like superhero character designs, and they're just like horrible. But there, it was just a really funny sketch. Um, but yeah, they're ta- they're talking about um, all the the key and peels definitely like, taking Q and A and whatnot, and having just a lot of fun because Thomas Lennon's a good moderator. And then after that, they um, he's just a good dude. Yeah, yeah. After that panel, there was another Comedy Central show that's upcoming called Moonbeam City, which looks hilarious. It's basically a mix of Archer and Miami Vice. Um, so instead of like a kind of sixties. Spy comedy like Archer is. It's more of a Miami Vice, very eighties um, and coke, very very eighties, very probably coke. There was a lot of coke in the pilot. Uh, they showed the whole pilot of this panel. Um, it's like very neon colored, a lot of like pasty skins, neon coloring. Uh, Rob Lowe plays uh, Detective Dazzle. <laughs> he's like just he's like an Archer type cop, but in the eighties, he's doing just nothing but drugs. He's a terrible police officer. Elizabeth Banks is like his captain, and every time she gets mad at him, it has this neo noir thing. Like every time she gets mad, it starts yelling at him, regardless of the directions he's facing. Venetian blind shadows appear <laughs> on her face. <laughs> it's like super funny. Um, it's Will Forte is like the rival cop that's like always trying to one up him, and it's just it looked hilarious. It looks like a really funny show. It comes out I guess next year, uh, but I'm looking forward to that one. Moon Moonbeam City, um, and uh, let's see. After so after that, um. After the uh, Comedy Central panel, I then had my chance to... I had some time to kill. After I, t- after I killed some time, I spent some time with a friend of the show, Jimmy O, from JoeBlow.com, actually. Um, I made, oh. made my way up to a press area to do some stuff involving Batman. Um, Who? Batman. I'm not familiar. No, 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 Batman. Mm. Yeah, with Adam West. Um, Adam Robin's, West. Robin's partner. Yeah, Robin's partner, Got Burt Ward. Got it. Um, he, Adam West, uh, um, lead star Burt Ward and friends of the sh- friends of the Batman show, Adam West and Julie Newmar, who played Catwoman. Julie the- Newmar was there? Julie Newmar was there. Oh, Very. She she, she's a babe. She's, babe. she's like eighty years old. She's okay. a babe. She's <laughs> uh, she was very gay to be basically. So there's a whole press conference for Batman, the 1966 TV series. This is the the old Batman series, the campy Batman series, the very satirical Batman series that's now coming on Blu-ray for the first time. It's being released for the first. It's never, it was never. I never had a VHS release. Never had a DVD release. It's having a Blu-ray release for the first time. The entire series. So there's big. There's a big Hall H panel about this. Um, which basically is the same thing I got to do in the press conference, except I saw footage. So I'll just go to the Hall H conference. So I got into the Hall H thing. Walked right in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I walked right in, too. It was That's an easy right. day for Hall H compared to today and tomorrow. Um, walked right in. I walked right in for the like the Entertainment Weekly Visionaries panel, before, which was before that, which had just a lot of showrunners this year talking about the challenge of making you know t- current TV series and whatnot. Uh, but the Batman panel started. Burt Ward, Adam West... <laughs> and, uh, you got me saying that first now. And Julie Newmar all came out. Julie Newmar was escorted on the stage. Oh, they're gay. Yeah, no, uh, Ju- no, Aunt Harriet. Uh, oh. Julie Newmar came on the stage escorted by two men wearing henchmen t-shirts. Mm. Um, Were they fine honeys? Th- yeah, they're definitely, definitely. Okay. They're like eights. 
Oh, okay. Not, not Clark right. Duke sevens up in this joint. They were eights. Like they're not defined abs, but you can see them. Uh, yeah. Okay. That was I was I was close ish. Like they're not but... Jesus abs, but they're like aging bodybuilder abs. I was curious Perfect. where you'd go after Jesus, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so natural. But they came out. Um, uh, L.A. radio personality and Hollywood Babylon host Ralph Garman was oh. there, which made perfect sense because he's a huge Adam West fan. Uh, he was moderating the panel, and they just went all into what the Blu-ray was. We had an announcement earlier in the month of that the Blu-ray exists, but now we had like a whole layout of what was going on. So this is like this giant box set, uh, all 120 episodes remastered, uh, a bunch of trading cards, a Batmobile toy, and all kinds of little goodies in the box, and then the actual episodes themselves. So they were actually streaming clips um, <laughs> with like a split screen. So they're showing the kind of original broadcast presentation of Batman, and they're showing the current Blu-ray restoration. And it looked amazing. It looked ridiculously clear. It's the kind of things like this is what Blu-ray does, especially seeing it like side by side next to each other. It was insane how clear. It looked like a soap opera. Like it looked that clear. It was crazy. But what if I wanted to look like I was watching it with rabbit ears? Then you just put on like some like some dirty glasses mm. and maybe like a filter. Oh, I don't filter things. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Abe, Abe is my filter. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a really fun panel. Bert, Bert, like Adam West is cool. Like it's cool to hear Adam West because he has that voice and everything. Mm-hmm. And he does is he has a way of talking, which is I think just called Christopher Walken syndrome, where you just don't approach <laughs> dialogue the same way as normal people no. do. It's Adam West. Um, the Christopher Walken thing too. Yeah, it's all the same. Exactly. But Bert Ward seems like he's a guy that has like tons of stories. He seems like a really good storyteller. Like I listen to him narrate something. He just had like a ton of things from this. He was talking about how he's very he was injured like all the time. Because the very action, like the campy as it was, there were a lot of stunts on that show, especially for that time. There weren't a lot of shows doing the same thing Batman was until Green Hornet tried to rip it off. Uh, Bruce Lee. That's another thing, Burt Ward said. Bruce Lee and Burt Ward used to live like in the same apartment complex in Hollywood, and Burt Ward's a black, a black belt in karate, so they'd like be sparring. They'd like spar together occasionally. Really? <laughs> yeah. Burt Ward and Bruce Lee. <laughs> it's just a trip hearing like these little stories. He has like a whole autobiography. I'm, like, really want to, I'm really interested in reading it now. Um, but yeah, they had a whole Batman presentation. I was psyched. I I grew up watching the reruns of the of the old Batman series. So, so Burt Ward was the actor who played Robin. Yes, and Adam West was the actor who played Batman. Yeah, they're not actually Batman and Robin. Oh, see, I thought that the comic book came from that documentary from the six. I'm really thrown off. I yeah, thought the, that was all. I thought Cesar Romero was the Joker because his film career wasn't taken off, so he went to a life he, of crime. But he was a Joker. <laughs> but he was a Joker. Yeah. But he wasn't the Joker. Yeah, he wasn't a Joker. This is the Midnight Smoker. Either. Anything before Mash is just confusing to me. Yeah, after Mash though was not a good. Oh, show. after yeah, Mary with <laughs> Children is clearly a symbol of our times. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was the uh, that was the Batman panel. Anything else you saw during the day? Um, I walked around Gaslamp. Well, like here, I don't know because yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I tried to get in the panels, but. I think everyone is kind of commenting how full the floor is this year compared yeah. to past years. But I think also a piece of it is that not everybody wanted to go into Hall H today. Not everybody wanted to go into the Indigo Ballroom. I think the floor is going to be empty today. And I think the floor is going to be well, emptier. Yeah. Like, instead of, you know, overcapacity by 10%, it's going to be overcapacity by 5%. By, by comparison, Hall H today has, like, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones are leading off. The, so it's like, that's why I'm here recording this podcast yes. now instead of waiting in line. Because yes. I just had to get there on Wednesday in order to get into those panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to sell my child. 
yeah. which I don't have, but I'm sure it's out there. You can you can pass off Cade. It's okay. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I had him when I was 15. Just tattoo work. him a bunch, and he'll be like, oh yeah, it's a spitting image. No, I just got to make him look younger so that people don't think that you know, like, if you didn't have sex when you were 15, you're like, you were correct. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you're 100% right. I'm sorry. Look, look at this. Like, okay. you know, I don't, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I get any type of attention. But yeah, definitely. But I got the tattoos. It was definitely a lack of crowd at, for, for Thursday as far as seeing like the big panels goes, if you want to call them big, which I think they're some big, I mean, Paramount has a lot of, but, obviously there's a lot of surprise with Paramount, but I mean, there's certainly a major studio panel in Hall H happening. Yeah, but they didn't say anything. Like, if they said that they were going to bring out The Rock, if they said they were going to bring out Matthew McConaughey, they probably would have had like a crowd. Yeah, but at the same time, Comic-Con's fun because you get those surprises. I mean, it's fun for a lot of reasons, but that's part of the fun, getting those kind of surprises. Uh, Comic-Con's a lot of things, but I hardly call it fun. <laughs> well, I have fun with comic I don't <laughs> mind the, the big weights and everything. Like it's, I, I say the same thing every year. It's, you know, it's, if you're not seeing one thing, it's because you're seeing something else that's cool. Well, here's the thing. I moved from one of the most densely populated areas in America to one of the least, and it's awesome because I don't have to deal with people. But here it's just like even when I do with deal with people over there, they're all really friendly. Here, I just everything's rude. <laughs> like move. I'm like you ran into me, bro, and I'm like four feet taller than you. And then he's like, get out the way. And you're like, oh, Luda, you're. Oh yeah, Luda, yeah. Oh no. Like you gotta watch Lights your language. Out. There are kids around. <laughs> he talks like that. That's how I talk. That's how you talk. That's how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So. With- with with that in mind, uh, let's wrap this one up for the day because we have a whole Friday. You always got to wrap it up. Deal. Always got to wrap it up. Mm, that's not your little kids. Guillermo Diaz is pushing the button. That's an old Chappelle show. Reference. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, um, I guess for now, until we record the next one of these, recapping our horrible Friday that we're likely to have. Uh, thank you, Alan, for waking up and talking with me about the first couple days of Comic Con. Sure. <laughs> Say that more enthusiastically. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Why do we have to stop? Here, keep here. going. I know, Steve, right? We record every conversation I have all day. There we go. Yeah, let's go pro it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for this first Comic Con wrap up episode for the first couple days of Comic Con. Um, I'm Aaron. That was Alan. Uh, out now with Aaron and Abe is the show. You can. Wait, can you call it the Comic Condom Wrap Up Show? <laughs> no, I'm not going to okay. do that at all. Okay. Ever. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Abe can edit that. <laughs> I'm going to probably edit this right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, so long until uh, tomorrow's episode. And goodbye. See you soon. <laughs>